0: Hello Eric. Once again, we had a we had a misfire start. We were interrupted by a delivery. So now we're starting over. Yeah. Um, episode 3, as I said previously, but no one heard it except you because now I'm saying it again. Yeah. Episode 3 of our little parenting series, which seems to be going over well. Uh today we're going to talk about uh what is age appropriate by age group. Uh before we do that, we have a sponsor now, which you guys may be able to see over Andy's shoulder. I've done some product placement because I'm, I'm such a good mark. <laughs> yeah. um, I think you did a fantastic job. So the, the the reason I want to talk about it though, is because it's cool the way that it happened. So one of our, uh, one of the guys that's a member with us on the website, it, he was uh, like an early member. Yeah. Like he started off kind of right when we started doing the membership thing. We're pretty yep. close. Yep. And, uh, so he's been like taking advantage of all the the membership stuff, mostly the consultation calls. So he initially reached out uh, to me and that, or us through the contact page there. And then he started chatting with you. Uh, He's had a couple consults with you now, and now he's kind of become a regular guy that you talk to uh, almost as like a, more of a friendship than a a business thing now um, where you guys chat pretty, pretty frequently in term as much as you would with a member anyways. Um, And he, Turns out he works with supplement company, and so you guys got chatting about it, uh, and then he reached out to me with somebody from their team at the company about um, maybe working out something that we could do on the podcast uh, with their supplement company, which is Blue Star Nutraceuticals. So you guys can see the um, some of the products they have over Andy's shoulder there, um, and the reason that I like it because you and I are both are kind of the same in this, where we're really reluctant to work with anyone really 100%. Uh, just because one i think one because it's it, like the sales pitchy stuff is really tough and yep. that's what i was i was saying to uh the one lady that works with them that was kind of helping us yep. set this up that, that's one part of it but then the other part is like there's a lot of bs products that are just trying to get marketed out yep. there so i like the idea of it because it's cool like you get to have a sponsor whatever it sounds cool and all that is is, is nice but um i actually went and started digging on the company a little bit just to see kind of what they're about and and all that. And I actually like the company, which is cool because they have this, and if you guys go online, I might, maybe I'll put a, like a screenshot of it up while I'm talking here in the video. Um, They do with white papers for all their products, which is, um, they're basically explaining the scientific backing for their supplements. And they provide you with the research that they used and the citations and everything, which is really cool. So they have this commitment to like transparent science behind what they're doing, which not a lot of supplement supplement companies do. Um, So that was one thing that intrigued me, which is why I felt from on my end, at least comfortable, uh, let's say promoting it through our platform because we don't really do this kind of thing. Um, So if you guys buy supplements anyways, and you want to check out some of their stuff, I have the affiliate link. It'll be in the description uh, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on spotify apple podcast or it's in the links in our bio if you guys go through social media if you see it on social media so we have an affiliate link there so if you guys click on that link and you end up buying some supplements through that that medium then that supports the podcast as well which is pretty cool so that's like another way that you guys feel like what we're doing you can kind of support through through that medium if you're going to buy supplements if you buy pro, protein powders creatine multivitamins omegas and they have a whole bunch of other stuff too pre-workouts that you guys can look at and the variety part of it's nice too because they are more of a a standard supplement company where they kind of have everything, yeah. but it's that, that transparency thing is what turned me onto it, which made me feel comfortable doing it. So
1: can I just, I want to comment on that. So I, I was, um, yeah, cause I'm gonna talk about two. Well, I could talk to you about a lot of the consultations. It's very funny, but anyways, this is uh, one of the first consultations we had and, uh, like a, a super guy. And we've talked several times now, and as you said, we've sort of become not sort of we're friends now. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so how that came about is he said, Andy, I just have to, I I feel like I haven't been able to do enough for you. It seems like you're giving me so much, like I'm taking from you right now. And I said, well, this is what the deal is, right? He goes, but I just feel like, like, can I send you some, can I, can can I send you some supplements? I said, sure. I said, that'd be great. And he said, let me put a pack together that I think that you'll like. And there was some greens, which I, I like doing the greens and some proteins and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was like, it's the least I can do. I said, no, man, that was, that's awesome. That's, that's great. So I had this stuff, tasted great, loved it. Fantastic. So then that would, that's what led to the uh, sponsorship, which was great. Love it. It's really good stuff. Tastes great. Like I feel good with it. Uh, you know, I feel good anyways, but I feel good with it. And, uh, and uh, anyways, that's that. But the side point is what you said is, uh, we've almost become friends. Well, I would say that we have, and it's very funny because, um, it's, <laughs> it's like the way it goes here, huh? Eh? We have like, I don't know of a lot of, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't know a lot of businesses that where you just go and buy something and you become actual friends with the owners. It's, it's we put time into it, right? So, anyways, he uh, he's become friends. I've got it, it's almost like the kids. This is what happens for me. I get invested, right? So when I have um, a consultation with someone, it's like I genuinely care about the, you know, that I'm helping them and stuff, and you know that then the people continue to reach out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's, that's what I like about, that's the thing I didn't see coming with the membership thing is like the, it's the developing the relationships where it's not just a business transaction. Right. Like I had a conversation with, um, I had a call yesterday, a console call and the lady I was talking to, it's like, you, you, you just get rolling in the whatever half hour to an hour that we're chatting. And it's like, now you kind of, you've developed like a connection with this person, you know, you feel like you know this person, they feel like they know you, and that's a weird thing when a lot of people listen to the podcast is they feel like they know us, but we don't know them, you know? And that's something that's funny about, because I listen to a lot of podcasts too. And it's like, I feel like I know the person that's in I, the podcast. I guess that's true. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. Like they know stuff about you, like they know stuff about me and our lives and things that we talk about through the podcast, but we don't know who they are. So it's cool when we get these, these conversations and we get a chance to connect and then things like this start to happen, you know, kids will they'll come down to train. Like we got a kid that's going to come in the summer that's from Norway or whatever that's staying for a month to train and stuff. So these little connections that happen it's really it's really interesting to see and that's what makes me feel comfortable doing when if we get a chance to get deals like this or sponsors like this because it does it helps us for sure but it also helps other people right it helps you guys that are listening because you can go get something for a discount or you can trust that it's something that we back if you guys trust our opinion on things whatever especially when it comes to supplements because there's like a lot of shady stuff and for me i do research when i look oh. at supplements that i'm using to make you're sure that a scientist man yeah. well you want to make sure like it's things are dosed properly and you don't know if you don't know what you're looking for you don't know what you're looking well, for it's, it's right?
1: very easy to go like even ohl yeah take a certain like uh Sudafed was a thing in the nhl but there's certain things um pain relievers like i don't know if it's advil or tylenol you can take one we can't take the other because there's a certain product like an epidrine or something like that yeah it's right? banned yeah banned substance yeah so exactly. money, it's innocent you yeah a, I, got a, I got a headache yeah exactly take a pill and next thing you know you're suspended for 10 games because you're a drug at, drug addict substance abuse well not really but that's the thing um uh, side note to so the side note to the side note um all this thing that we just talked about ironically just kind of ties into what we're talking about today um what i mean by that is uh, as i talk to parents on the phone you know sometimes it's always good to get yourself to have a different vantage point because um i mean some some calls are like come on man this is ridiculous your kids three but there's some calls that you go you know what i understand where you're coming from you're just this is an outlet to actually talk about your kids hockey or are are you nuts and um and i think people come from a good place most of the time and it's really good. In fact, yesterday morning, I had uh, a, a customer who is not a member on the site because they the five minutes away. Um, but he was asking me this, the same type of questions. He goes, okay, I, can I can I talk to you? He's going to come in and see me tomorrow for a few minutes. Can I talk to you? Because I, I'm having a hard time. I'm seeing a lot of parents do this. There's uh, some people going to Europe for hockey for, the, for spring. He goes like, I don't want to be an asshole dad like what, what do you think and he goes i think i know but can i just so this is an intelligent guy and 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 the pressure as a as this series is about is where the pressure comes from like it's real you got an intelligent person who played some high level hockey sitting here going i i gotta talk to andy about this because i'm i'm not sure and and um and you know and and i I guess to put myself in other parents shoes every now and then I do the same thing. I'll, I, I talk to friends that I know and just ask, you know, my son, you know, what, 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 not what do you think as far as what do you think of a hockey player? But or uh, him and I on the right track thinking this? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Or <laughs> training, right? We, were, we had a big one about speed. Like we're, we're still, uh, I got a call tomorrow about that, but it's like uh, an off ice speed and it's like, where, when is enough, enough and too much, too much. And, uh, it's, you, you go through it. So it's like, I, I really, really, really encourage the, the people to, you know, again, we said before, don't get embarrassed by this. Like this is uh, there's, there's, it's a situation where you can reach out and if, if we'll try to help, we'll be honest, you know, I'll be honest and, and give you as much information as I can. And it's actually helpful. Don't, you don't have to be bashful
0: bashful yeah bashful it's the word one of the the seven doors
1: yeah 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 you don't have to be embarrassed about it because you know i I, I could tell you this every single consult that i have done they were extremely extremely thankful like to the point where i'm like this is a really good thing that we're doing
0: yeah and the, the calls that we love are the calls where people are just like coming from a place of humility where they're like dude i don't know what to do like here's the situation This is what i'm thinking what do you think about it because there's a lot of times where you talk to some parents and they're they talk to you but they're not they're not asking they're just kind of talking to you. you yeah they're telling you what they want to hear and seeing that you agree kind of thing but most of the consults that we've had so far I know you've had more than I have but from on my end it's like everybody's very humble coming with questions that they genuinely want to have answered and it's always ends up going really well um, and especially when it comes to this this stuff we're talking about today so it's it's kind of just like what the what does the typical development timeline look like, assuming you're assuming you want to be a elite hockey player? That is the underlying assumption to what we're talking about. If you just want to like have fun with sports and whatever, then this may not necessarily apply. But our assumption for the dialogue today is, assuming eventually you want to pursue hockey in some capacity, that's how we're gonna structure the conversation today. So we're kind of talking about the different age, by age group. So what we did when we were planning this one out is we kind of. Grouped some of the ages together that we think it's kind of like a similar philosophy in terms of the development path. And then as they get older, what happens? When do things change? And what are the approximate ages where things will start to shift? And like we always say, the caveats are always, this isn't hundred percent what happens for everyone all the time. There's different things that can happen, but this is just a general template that people can hopefully follow. And then you can work from with your own kids and kind of change things as it applies to your specific, uh, situation, um, so kind of with the last two episodes, we kind of laid a little bit of groundwork about some of the stuff that parents have to deal with. So I'm hoping to, this episode is a little bit more specific to how you apply the, some of the things we talked about, depending on how old your kid is, right? So, uh, if you don't have anything else, then we we'll, you can start with the first group here. So, uh, the first one is basically going to be up until around eight years old. So whatever you do from the time you start skating, most kids that are on hockey early will be like four or maybe even earlier when they start skating and then up until around 8 our our thoughts on what to do in terms of hockey are kind of the same for that span of ages. So from the time you put on skates until you're around 8 this is kind of what we're talking about. So um before maybe before you we go into some of the points here, I wanted to tell a little story about a conversation I had on the weekend. So so and this is just to put into context some of the For for parents, I'm hoping this is like a story that maybe you can relate to a little bit because I don't blame this parent for the way that they were coming across in the conversation. Maybe they just don't know any different, whatever. But what happened was, I had a complaint from a parent about one of our programs on the weekend. So we run a skills and three on three, and on on the weekend it's a house league division. So it's just and they were little kids. So this group was six and seven year olds. So, uh, Coach Andy's not on the ice for that group, and I I think everybody, uh, hopefully everybody, would agree that that makes sense based on. Um, what we've talked about before, uh, we've talked about you know you don't need a heart surgeon if you have a cough, and that's kind of the philosophy for this. So we have some of our other instructors out there that are appropriate for that age, and they do half the time, which is a 50-minute session. So they do 25 minutes of drills and then 25 minutes of three-on-three. Three. So I had a parent send me a bit, like a bit of a nasty a nasty one-liner email that he wanted to talk about the problems with the program. Uh, so I called him and we ended up talking for almost 20 minutes on the phone about the the problems that he was seeing so and that's cool like that's fine we can have that conversation whenever you want and basically the gist of the conversation was he's what he was expecting at a six and seven year old level with that particular program was not what he was paying for so he was kind of uh not happy with the level of instruction that was happening with the kids he wanted there to be more he wanted there to be it to be you know we pull kids aside one at a time to fix every problem that they have through their drills with the skating, the same thing, and then with the games, he was hoping to get more instruction, almost like coaching in the games uh, when they were doing the three-on-three stuff. And so what I what I had said to him was that that obviously that would be optimal if we have the resources on the ice to do that. But what you're asking for is us to have maybe ten to fifteen coaches on the ice to pull the kids aside one by one to correct their every move. Which, when they're six and seven years old, they're not really going to pay attention to pay attention to very well, anyways and on top of that they only have maybe 6 or 7 minutes per skill station to actually get the reps in. So what I was trying to explain to this guy was that at that age, they don't they can't listen to instruction very well. And this is from experience. Like this is from doing this. We've run this program for like longer than I've worked here, which has been for 12 years, right? So we've tried all the drills. We've tried all the configurations of how to run things and this is what we found to be most effective for that age group. And this parent just he wasn't really having it. Like he was kind of not understanding the how it works like it's one thing to on paper say like in theory you sh- like it it would be optimal for the kids if you pull them aside and correct them and then let them go back and do it but in reality one you don't have the time, two you don't have the resources, three they need the reps because they can't actually pay attention when they're that young so the I, the reason I'm telling this story is because this is just an example of for this episode what is age appropriate you know so this this guy's kid he was he was six turning seven or maybe he had turned seven, and he's asking for something that maybe would apply more when he's older around like twelve thirteen fourteen or something like that right even te- even eleven twelve when they can pay attention a little bit better right so this is just a misunderstanding from the parent on what they what they should be expecting when they come to a certain program. Right? So I'll, I'll start with that. And then we can kind of get into yeah, the so, so. stuff.
1: So first of all, when, when you talk about this, it's like, for me, it's like, as a business, it's like, we never want to hear a complaint, but that happens every now and then. And, and some people are totally unreasonable and there might be times where we're, we're not doing a good job. That doesn't happen very often, but in this case, but it would just, you know, if I was the, um, Observe what you just said from a, like a third party and go, okay, this, this person is number one, um, asking a lot, asking too much for his kid, to be honest with you. And here's why zero to zero to eight in in hockey. Uh, as you said, it's not, you, you said that it's like hard to take information or is it, how would you say it? I'm like not, on, from
0: the kid's side? Yeah.
1: It's, just, it's, it's hard to listen to instruction. Yeah. Okay. Just from the age perspective. Yeah. Okay, hard to listen to instruction, but hard to listen to instruction when you're trying to keep your feet on the ice and not fall.
0: And you have a stick that you can yeah, play yeah, with. Yeah, that,
1: that's my point. So like <laughs> the biggest thing there is age appropriate is about reps and having fun. There is no learning, not from not from a coach's point of view to a kid's point of view because if you look at a kid at 6 years old and you uh, and you start explaining to, you know, like you have to put in the dumb the, the dumb, dumbest down form possible but it's still too much like hey son you look down at him and he's got snot all over his face he looks at you and he thinks like you being a 28 or 29 year old guy he thinks you're 52 thinks you're an old man big scary old man saying can you bend even if you talk nice to him you you, got to bend your knees and he looks at you and he goes yeah or what do you mean i am bending my knees or he's looking at you and you go your eyebrows are funny that's what they think right that's what they think Mm -hmm. or your breath smells like you drank 17 uh shots of tequila last <laughs> night or something right yeah. like th- they're yeah. not thinking about that or they want to just tell jokes they're not processing information to apply into the ice it's not freaking happening right so so it's yeah they're not good at taking instruction but they're not also not good at applying a st- instruction right so i always say that to you know i always i i do this to to actual parents sometimes when they say like, uh, when they ask not about the the camp, but when they say you know how much instruction, I said you know I'll take them through an example. I'll say I'll give them something maybe uncomfortable to do, like let's say a, a, a rear elevated um, split squat, okay? And I'll say just pretend you're well, never mind. Pretend you're you're three or or six. You're a forty year old man, and 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 then you start saying okay, get your foot up there. So the first language that they're learning is the language of how my body moves, which they've a lot of people have never done that before. So the first thing is a major concentration goes on just performing the simplest task of getting your foot elevated and balanced. So, okay, so picture that. And then you start saying, okay, so just squat down. And then as they're squatting, say, so, well, you gotta keep your chest up. You gotta keep your chest up and make sure that you're not over extended in your back or your hips. You gotta stabilize your knee. You don't want it to go out or in too much. You want to make sure that's stabilized. And then when you go down, to go on a two count because this is exactly the same as telling a kid, keep your head up and,
0: yeah, and, and process exactly. stuff,
1: right? And this guy's looking at you. Well, like, as an adult, he can say, Andy, Eric, I've never done this before. Like, can I just try to get my balance? And then we can say, Yeah, no shit, right? No shit, man. And it's the exact same. it's it's the exact same thing as doing that to a kid and and over explaining something that they're all they're trying to do is in reference to that rear foot elevated split squat is find their balance and that's it that's what they're doing on the ice so any instruction is overload it's and it's not necessary and it's no good secondly if you're doing instruction so there you got a two double-edged sword here right when you go to a camp like like this, and we don't promise that it's going to be instruction. It's all it is is repetitions and touches. And if we if we were to say anything else, we're lying. Because you, c- you can't teach. You can only show. And they can only do, and they can do it a few times. And the touches and getting on the ice is what's going to make them a little bit better, if they're interested at all. The next part is, is that if you start pulling kids aside in that 30-minute part, if every time someone does something wrong, then the complaint would be, guys, we appreciate you want to teach, but they didn't get a chance to do any drills because not one kid would be doing one thing right. Even though some dads would say, yeah, but my kid's good. Yeah, they didn't do it properly. Like I promise you. So on one hand, can you spend time teaching them, which you're not able to at that age? It's not possible. All it is is reps and, 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 um, and touches on the ice. And the other side would be, can you not teach so much and let them just go? <laughs> so that's that. And then... Um, uh, yeah. So that that's what I have for that. So from that age, what it needs to be is fun. And that's what that is. And that's why we do it at that, at that age like that is like a, a short amount of time of drills where they have to kind of follow instruction. And then the the last little bit is like, go play. Right. Anything more than that is is uh, exercise in futility.
0: And just to clarify, it's not that it's not that there's zero instruction. The instruction is here's how here's where the line is. These are the patterns that you're going to skate. But in terms of the technical instruction, that's what we're talking about. The technical instruction, that is where it can't, it can't happen. And so what, this is what we do with this age, because this is what's appropriate. I say to the coaches, when I, when I explain how they're going to teach these sessions, I say, your goal is keep them organized. Number one, because it is just stimulus overload for kids that are that age, right? So just keep them organized. That's number one. Make sure they roughly follow the correct pattern that you've shown. That's number two, but not like crazy. If they, if they do it wrong, it's okay because they're just trying to get their footing. Like you said, they're just trying to get some reps and touches. They've
1: never, so you've never seen uh, a drill where there's eight guys in that little station right? and mom and dad are up there in the new arena and they might not know one kid on the ice. Right. So
0: it's like, if we have a a lot of stuff, as an example, like if we have a zigzag pattern of cones on the ice, even if they don't do the pattern right one time, they're still getting better. Right. So if you watch them do the drill and they did it completely wrong every time they did it, and you're like, oh, like these guys, they're not correcting anything. It's like, no, that's not the point. The point is that they're getting their feet on the ice. They're trying to do the pattern, whether they do it wrong or not, because the the coaching cue is there. They've been given the instruction. So they're trying to do it right. And they might think they're doing it right, even though they're not. But even if they do it completely wrong the whole session, every session for the whole program, they're going to get a little bit better because they're getting the reps, which is what is important. It might so, be just getting their balance. Exactly. So they're a little more balanced by the end of the program. And that's better. An hour, better, hour right? extra ice in their
1: life that makes them a little bit better because yeah. it's
0: exponential when they're young. Exactly. So, th- and that's what we teach the coaches to teach. It's like you have your cues that you're going to work off of, but the goal is keep them organized, keep them flowing so they get the reps. We're not trying to stop every kid for two of the seven minutes that they are at a station to try to correct them technically. So you let them roll through it. And then they are on to the next station to do more reps, right? But the number one thing is it's got to be fun. And that's the thing that we, we explain to the coaches most is engage with the kids. Like make them comfortable with you as an adult out there. Make sure that they're enjoying their time out there. Ask them if they're having fun. Ask them what their name is. Ask them what their favorite sport is. Talk to them a little bit and make them like being at hockey and like being on the ice. And that when they're eight and under, that is what it is. So when they go play three on three, it's fun to chase the puck around. It's fun to get it and whack it. It's fun to, you go crash into the net, you can barely stand up. Kids are falling all over the place and they're just trying to figure out how to mess around with a stick and a puck. It's not hockey yet. It's just a stick and a puck and they're messing around, figuring out how to skate and whack it around. That's what it is. And if your expectation is any more than that, then it's misplaced, first of all. And if your kid is beyond that level at up to eight years old, then that's bonus that's all bonus stuff, but you shouldn't say like, okay, I have a seven-year-old who's a pretty good skater. Now I need to do the Connor McDavid skating program. He's still seven, you know? So that's where that, that intro level, like you said, fun is number one. And in terms of the, what your development focus should be as a parent or what your mindset should be as a parent, it's just get the reps, man, get the reps and make them like going to hockey. That's what the goal is in that age. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? That's exactly what it is. And then I would say from a
1: coach's perspective, like, or And expectations from your coaches would be like, it's number one, fun. Make sure it's a good environment. Kids are having fun. They like being around their coaches. That's what I would say. Coaches try to keep them moving. And uh, and and for me, when I ever go out with young kids, like even, and I would say sometimes I do this with band, like 14-year-old kids. It's a lot of the times, man, when you're doing skills or you're a coach, it's not about, you know, this. I always say this, right? It's not about what you know. It is. But what it is is, is they have to know that you actually like them or that you care, and that you're a human and that you want them to develop. And then, if if they see that, then they're a lot more receptive to wanting to learn from you. If if a kid comes in here at the gym and and, and you're like Joe, uh, yeah, we got uh, four reps or four sets of uh, three reps, got at eighty uh, percent load, and you start using all the terms, they look at you like, okay, this guy's like a lot of fun, right? So like I'll do, you know, I always joke around with the kids, but it's like I'll, with the younger kids especially, I'll go to the bunch of a bunch of little boys playing there or uh, in line, and I'll go, hey, uh, when you, after the after the camp today, are you gonna go home and play with your Barbies? And they look at me like, what? I don't have Barbies. And I go, oh, what do you play with then? And then they, and then I'm just joking, and then they, then they kind of laugh, and then they kind of tell jokes, and it's like, oh, okay, he's okay, he's okay, that old man there, uh, he's okay, or or. You know, um, what, what what is uh, what's up for the weekend? Just get to know them a little bit, right? And so they know that okay, this is an okay guy. I can I can have right. fun with this guy.
0: And I have two examples of that that just happened too. I had a kid yesterday or a couple of days ago working out. He's sixteen, so this is a sixteen-year-old now. Okay, so he was asking me if one of the workout blocks that we had was a contrast training movement right so for people that don't know what that means that's a it's a heavy like a loaded movement and then you go right to a fast unloaded movement so if you do a squat it would be doing a like a back squat and then you go to a box jump with no weight that's like an example of a contrast so he was asking me is what we're doing a contrast and me as the coach instructor trainer whatever i know i've already explained this to him at least 10 times what a contr what contrast means and what the movements could be and he doesn't know it So as the trainer, I can go, hey, stupid, I've explained this to you 10 times. Why don't you know what a contrast is? Which at 16, he probably should know now, right? But that's not an effective thing. So what I say is, okay, we've done contrast a lot. Like, what do you think a contrast is? And I let him start to think about it, right? And that's a 16-year-old coming up with it. Another example is with nutrition. Sometimes they'll ask me nutrition questions and it's like, dude, we've done three nutrition seminars where I've talked about all this. But I know that they're not going to grasp it all, and this is fifteen and sixteen-year-olds. Is it Oscar Weyer, Meyer Weiner protein? Coach? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so when I
1: dumb question, but they're being honest,
0: and and that's what my point is. Like this is these are fifteen and sixteen-year-olds. So bring it down to like a six and seven-year-old. Whatever I say to them, it's in and out. If you ask them after this, if you ask them after the session, hey, what did they teach you today? You might get three kids out of the group of twenty that actually remembered something that you said, you know, and that's just the reality of that age group. So in terms of it being age appropriate for that group, that's, those are kind of the guidelines to use any ice that you get, any practicing that you do at home, any extra drills or extra skates. And if you want to go, if you want to go pay for training and all that extra stuff when they're young, that's fine. You can do that. But it's the intention. I was like, what is our intention when we do this? You know, as we we say that all the time, that's a common theme through this whole parenting series. It's like, what is the intention of why you're doing this? and everything we just laid out that should be what the intention is fun and let them get some reps and like going to hockey that's yeah, been, all there you is you know
1: like for me zero zero to eight ish eight ish seven eight whatever to me there is no such thing as training it's it's just going to play hockey having fun because they don't even know what training is it's that's what it, it's that's all it is man you're going out to play some hockey you're going to practice some hockey you're getting you like to be on the ice that's all it is there's nothing more to it and and You know, I know there's people that say, yeah, but you should see my kid. It's like, yeah, yeah, but he's still seven or eight.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So if we jump it up now, so that covers up to eight years old. So the next kind of block that we outlined was maybe nine, nine years old to 11. That's kind of like the next grouping that we got. So if you want to take that one, how do things kind of change now?
1: Well, so where it changes, the parents start to change a little bit. Um, And it's a really tricky age, to be honest with you, the nine to 11, 12 even. Um, it's because people can be fooled by what a good hockey player is, right? Because maybe the kid has been skating longer and other things start presenting themselves, right? You get the training, you get the the spring hockey, you're looking uh, to keep up with the Joneses part, the the pressure of, you know, do I move up a level? All those different things come into play at at, at around that nine dual, like, again... Let's just say it's nine to eleven, so it's like where AAA hockey kind of starts, and it's before it, it, it'd be the old school Adam to Pee Wee, right? Um, so, but it's really, really that was one of the phone calls yesterday. It's right around that age, maybe a year older. It was like, "Am I nuts as a dad that this is what the person asked me?" And I said, "No, you're not nuts. It's a good question." I said, "But you already know the answer because you got common sense." So, what what's the what what is the um, what are we focused on? We're still talking about nine-year-olds, man. It's, it's called fun. It's called you play hockey. You play hockey. You don't train hockey. Um, and anything other than that, man, is wrong. Like, you're not training hockey yet because you have no idea what that means. You can practice, do your practicing stuff, but it's about having fun. That's all it is. It's about having fun. It's about having a blast. Like, even going back to the earlier group, it's about... You know, the questions I would say, to, I just want to go back to that for one second, is if you're asking as a parent, what, you know, how do I parent my kid through this? I might seem like a stupid statement I'm making, but how do I keep them interested? It's very simple. Did you have fun today? Did you learn anything? Did you meet any new friends? Right? Did anybody out there, like, was anybody out there good that you thought was, wow, really good hockey player? Were you faster than kids or just little questions like that? Did you like hockey today is a question. Did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? And and those are the number one things. And then even going to the next level, that 9 to 11, so you can could be getting to the AAA level or whatever, it's it's about fun. It's not about training. It's not. It's like it, it is not. Because, the, you know, the way that – and I'm just being straight up honest is that you can, you, you, you're, you're allowed to not <laughs> – I'm not telling anybody what to do, but what I'm saying is you're allowed to present kids – options for your kids right there's public skating there's this uh do you want any more skating and all that stuff you'd be surprised a lot of times kids will say no i'm good right i want to just go to, to cam's house today because he asked me to go over and um, they're having a pool party yeah instead of no i'm being honest like i, I know mean, i mean I'm a funny it's a, guy kid, here. it's a little kid stuff i'd rather yeah, say yeah. I want to play with lego today yeah, I yeah. Know, my, son, my son did that the first time i was like what are you gonna go do something weird like that okay Right, but that's 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 where their heads at, not the parents. So you gotta be careful where your heads at. But it's about fun. It's about that's what it is.
0: Yeah. So then maybe a question moving forward would be: I'm gonna kind of take these points a little bit out of order, just because. So first, I want to talk about before we get into like the team stuff. Would you say from nine to eleven, is it is it worth, and the term "worth" is what I'm gonna stick on because who knows what that means? Is it worth paying? for extra stuff now, because this is where I'll find because the AAA AAA starting at 10 years old or nine years old, whatever. Now it's like, okay, we could go get the skills coach. Like now there's programs offered for us. So how do you, how do you, well, how do you think of the extra stuff? Like the extra skating, the extra training, because it could, I'm not saying it's like worth. It also depends on what's the intention again, right? W- what do you mean by worth it? But how would you take that? Like if in terms of that extra stuff,
1: I run a skills business This is what I do for a living. And every time, every time, not once in a while, every single time someone mentions a nine year old, 10, 11, that they need 12, that they need 12, 13. <laughs> you no, know, I'm being honest, man. Yeah. I'm just being straight up honest. My opinion. Yeah. I work with NHL hockey players. I, I, I do this for a living. I see the results. Um, I would, I would, I cringe. I cringe because, again, the attentions are fine. Like, I have no problem with um, people or kids that want to do more. I have no problem. I have no issue with asking your son, hey, would you like to do some power skating? And if you ask a kid an either-or question, would you tell me the answer. You'll like, figure it out real quick. Don't qualify the question. Just say, son, would you like to do some power skating? Like where's a fifty fifty 50 or more than a fifty chance he'd go no? Like if he understood what power skating was, or would you like to go play a three on three tournament? Which one's he picking? Three on three all yeah. day. Do you want do you want to do power skating or do you want to go to a stick handling camp? Power skating's probably out again, right? So you know what I mean? Like 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 the kids aren't carry they don't care about their power skating. Would they like to stick handle if it's fun? Yeah. But so anyways, the question is, is it worth the investment? Sure. No. That's my, that's, if I'm being straight up honest and people can argue it all day, And I'm not looking for an argument. No, there's no, there's no point. Because it'll make you more comfortable for a very short period of time. And maybe set a little bit, a little, a little bit of a base for, for what, for what, right? Um, Okay, so can I, Can I just, I'm going
0: to... Yeah, so like, I'll just finish. Yeah, I'll just
1: finish that. So if you're asking me, anybody that calls me and says for my seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 10, 11, getting to 12, I'm like, is it, would you recommend it? I'd be like, just do your own thing. I don't know what people are going to say, yeah, but you need a coach. That's fine. You do you. But if I'm taking money out of my own pocket when I say this, no, it's not worth it.
0: Okay, so so now... If I, so because you ran the business, if we take Charlie as one example, he was doing all the camps when he was young. So, so that's, that's one. So we're not saying don't ever go on extra ice ever. So that, that's one you had. Now, what, what would you have done? Had you not been a hockey person, would you have paid to put him into extra stuff and whatever, if he wanted to probably, but that's a hard question because you were the one that was running the business. So it's hard to say what you would have done if you didn't have that. But I'll take myself as an example. I did camps from the. Well, I started skating with you when I was eight, right? But it wasn't because my dad thought, "Hey, like let's let's go do everything we possibly can to make you the best hockey player ever." When I was seven, it was like let's see if he still likes hockey. Let's see if he wants to do some extra. So my dad, I remember my dad would ask me like, Hey, you want to do this camp or do you want to whatever? He wouldn't give me the either or question. He'd be like, do you want to do this camp? And I'd be like, yeah, like I like hockey. I'll do a hockey camp. That's fun. And that's fine. That's, that's a fine thing to do. If your kid's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 10, 11, 12, whatever. And you say, Hey, do you want to do this camp to get some extra ice? Maybe you can work on your skills a little bit. And the kid says, yeah, let's do that. That's great. You can totally do that. It's always back to what is the intention again. So I don't want it. I don't want to present it as don't ever do any extra ice when the kids are young because that's obviously not what we're saying. The point is just, again, it's that intention. It's like, why are we doing the camp? Are you forcing it on your kid to do it? Does the kid want to do it? These are the questions that you can ask yourself. But at the end of the day, your point is still what what matters. Like, is it worth it in terms of will it be critical to their development as a hockey player? And the answer to that question is no, it won't be. Well, and, and so, I want
1: to qualify that like why I say that, because I've seen it. I've seen I've seen kids that have, you know, we talk about it all the time that have done all kinds of stick handling stuff, and they're and they're good at it. Like they are, they're good at it. They, to a point. Right, you skate every day on on the ice, and you think that you're doing it for training. It's like it's it's fine. You get get comfortable doing some things, and there're gonna be some things you're gonna be very comfortable with, and you're gonna have like you might even have an edge by default. Why? At the end of the day, because I've seen this, I've trained Aaron Eckblad for a long time, okay? And his skill set and all that stuff is outstanding. And, and Aaron's listening. He, this will come out and he'll be listening. I, I, I've i never liked the way Aaron skated, but he figured out a way to get around the ice quick enough and he can escape and he's, all that stuff. So whatever him and I have done together, like I, I take zero credit in making him a hockey player. He, but he chose me for a lot of his stuff he's played in the NHL not because of his his the skills he practiced on the ice every day I know this sounds weird he made it because he's got this he's got a skill set that's incredible right but he made it because of this and he can apply the skills that he had to a game and he can outthink and he has a he has a uh, I call it a, a Uh, tolerance threshold or a panic threshold that's incredible so when most guys have to make a panic and make a play he's already "Mm, i'll do this
0: yeah
1: right so i've seen it with my son's age all those kids that i've trained and and all the way up yeah right all these guys whatever pick another guy i guess doesn't matter um they do the do stuff, and what I would say what it's good for once they're at a certain age is that they're, they're touching the ice, because I'll get to that after, but they're touching the ice as they get older to keep themselves fresh, to keep themselves in, in, a, in a certain, uh, so it's not old, right? Yeah, you
0: want to keep your baseline up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll, just a quick analogy is, is guys, when they work out in the gym, I, I keep them coming in during the season as a strength maintenance program, because if you are out of the gym for long enough, you start to lose your strength right? So I keep them touching the weights, very light, just keep them like light in terms of the amount of volume, but they're lifting heavy. So they're, they keep touching the heavy weights to keep their strength up. So that when the off season starts again, their baseline is still there, you know, and that's kind of what, what you're talking. And my dad used to do that with me. He would say every year I got to do one hockey camp and it was one of yours. And it would be in the few weeks before the season started, one would be as a get the rust off before the season starts. Two would be sharpen up the skills and three would be feel good about your game going into the season. Like go out, go out hot and have a hot start. And I always had that. I always start, started hot. I'd come out of your camp. I'm not saying it's just because I did a camp with you, but that was one of the reasons it's like I was out. I had fun. I enjoyed playing. I got to sharpen up my skills and I just felt good about hockey going into it. And those were the reasons that, that I did it. And that was when I was older, probably starting when I was like 12, 13, whatever. So when you're down in the, you know, nine to 11 range, it's like, do it if you want to, but think about why we're doing it. Like, don't think it's something that it's not.
1: Yeah. And it's like, so you ask the question, is it important that they, or is it worth the investment? I would say, no. That's why I say, no, it's not. It's, everything will come a little bit later, which it really, really, really is important. It goes back to that long-term athletic, athletic pro, uh, plan is, is get all your basic skills. And that comes from all kinds of sports. Be an athlete. Someone could argue, bullshit on that, zero in on your sport, but it's like you're nine man,
0: and it's not <laughs> true like if i I'll go back to that that range book that I talked yeah, about, yeah, you're right, several yeah. podcasts ago it's the it's the science it's not, and just because you can find an example of one person that did it that way doesn't mean that's generally how it works for most people, you know so that's 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 important to keep in mind so then maybe another question would be um we've talked about we we can touch the, kind of these two together would be the a to, tri- or A double A jumping to AAA A again, we can touch that one because this is when triple A is now an option. And then with that, what should your expectations be in terms of the coaching you get in that nine to 11? So, so two part question, are we jumping? Should we jump? Do we need to jump right when triple A is available? And how do we think about that? And then how about the coaching expectations in that age? What should they be getting or what should they, what should they? Um, expect from whoever is running the team at that age.
1: Yeah, so d- jumping to the Triple A, like I, I don't, I don't believe it's necessary at all. Like at zero, I don't think it's necessary at all. Um, now, if if that's what you want to do, and and you're, you don't, you, you, you don't like if your son's a really offensive player at nine or ten, and you don't like him scoring, you know, three, four, or five goals a game. And I'm being, I'm not being funny. If you don't like that because you want, you think there needs to be more of a challenge and that's up to you. That's really, it's, it's totally up to you. Uh, but I'm saying as a, if it's my son, it's like, there's no, there's no, I'm not even thinking about it yet. I'm not thinking about it yet. And, and uh, it goes back to the, all those reasons that we talk about a lot of the times is like, cause I don't know if he loves hockey. I don't know if he's good at it yet. He might appear like it, but I don't know. I have no idea at nine to 10 to 11 years old. Like and, and that might say, well, you should t- be able to tell if your kid's good. My, or my, I know the best kids in Ontario or the state of Michigan or whatever. I know who they are. It's like, but you don't at 9 or 10. You just don't. It may appear like they're very good hockey players and that's fine. And then the the thing is, is this is the motivation to move from the parents or from the kid? And is it necessary? So it's, it's just, it's not necessary, but if that's what you choose to do, it's fine. Uh, just keep in mind that it's not anything that's going to be... um detrimental or um um necessary
0: to do at this point it's just not it's just not uh were you gonna yeah, say just something before you go to the coaching thing just two two things from my perspective because i played triple a right away i started like when i was nine i think it's a u10 that's when he starts so i played first year that i could play triple i played triple a and i played triple a the whole way <laughs> and, and, it's, and, and it's and it's and it's it's fine i'm choking, man yeah. right <laughs> but this is my point of bringing bring it up is like when we talk about when we talk about any questions that parents have, it's ne- I'm just pointing out it's never one thing, you know? Because I went through AAA right from the start, and it was great. It was, like, it was good. I was good right away, and I could play AAA, and I could play all the way up until draft year and beyond into junior and whatever. So if you can do that, and you can afford to do it, and you have the resource to do it, and you want to do it, and the kid wants to do it, it's not, you're not making the wrong choice. We're not saying you have to stay in AA no matter what. We're just saying if, if it's a question... You're not sure. Maybe you can't afford it. Maybe you're wondering, is he going to fall behind? Whatever. The answer is they, it's not, it doesn't matter that much. Right? So the other part of it is your kid will start to fall behind only playing double A if they continue to only play double A and they don't work like they care about being a hockey player. So a lot, cause a lot of people will say, well, yeah, if you play double A, like, look how much we- weaker double A is. Obviously your kid because that's the environment, your kid's going to fall behind. And it's like, yes, that will happen if they don't continue to love the game and, and start to do things for themselves to get better in practice, as if they were playing AAA anyways. Like, if they, if they have the commitment of whatever that means, of being a serious hockey player, if they have that level of commitment, then it doesn't matter if they stay in A for a bit or not, you know? So their level of interest is going to d- drive their development, not necessarily the level that they play at. To a, to a certain degree, yeah, if that no, makes fine. sense. It's, it's, no, it's you're right. Yeah, so I'm you're just right. po- I'm just pointing out because I was a kid that played. I played yeah. AAA right away. So we're not saying don't ever do that, whatever. So yeah. I just want to point out the both sides of the argument, kind of thing. Yeah. So and now it, the coaching thing. Yeah,
1: uh, the coaching thing, like the expectations yeah. from a coach. It's you're nine to eleven years old. Like your expect your expectations should have something to do with hockey. But again, is it a fun place? Is it a good environment? That's number one. As a coach, you know, as a coach, someone that – doesn't mean you have to like them, but your expectations is that you're, you're, you got someone somewhat approachable and someone that number one doesn't have to be the best practice in the world, but has a practice plan that looks like a practice, right? And incorporates something that resembles hockey and can teach you something about hockey, especially if you're at the AAA level, right? well, even the double A, it doesn't matter. You should learn how to play hockey because that's what we are hockey coaches, not just guys that are on the bench, right? So even if you're a parent, even if you're whatever, volunteer, whatever it is, um, it has to resemble something to do with hockey. So it, it doesn't have to be, you have to have the left wing lock when you're in Major Adam, right? Or running one three three one 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 three ones on the power play. That's not what I'm talking about. But like, okay, so let me, let me dumb it down. So it's understanding the concepts, right? Okay. So you have your your defensive zone. So we're teaching them in your defensive zone, like it could be as simple as we have to come back hard. That's what hockey players do. You got to come back so that we don't get scored on, and just teach them the principle, teach them the pride, and 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 not getting scored on, encouraging them for doing a good job there. That's that's a simple thing, right? It's maybe as simple as because I'm I'm not being fancy here. It's as simple as the wingers are responsible for their defensemen not getting through making some awareness and it's not yelling and screaming at them It's making them aware centers help out your d d take one corner d, the other d take the other that's not not ridiculous understandable for some kids teachable in a practice right neutral zone you're not teaching a whole lot offensive zone you're teaching like a little bit of a forecheck penalty kill you're teaching okay this is a box this is a diamond relative you know if, if a d moves to the middle then we're we're following now we got a diamond you can show rotation. You don't have to kill it like uh, Tampa Bay, right? And and the power play, it's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Like understanding, we got we're trying to create two on ones, and maybe that's not the word you use, but you're creating uh, an overload and something something along those lines. Simple as on a power play, if the puck comes up to the point, we got to get
0: bodies to the net. It's just simple things like that. So you're teaching some sort of hockey. That's yeah. what I would say. So and have fun. Right. So you're. Well, I want to make this very clear for, for the parents. What you've just explained, that would be optimal. That is like optimally what you're looking at. Optimal isn't Ken Hitchcock on the bench. That's not what's optimal. What's optimal is what you just said. So if your expectation is more than that, it's unreasonable for the age. And then the reality, if we take what you said, like that is optimal, the reality is what, what you're going to likely get at 9 to 11 years old is someone's dad is coaching. That is what is going to happen most of the time. And dad coaches, even if they were just hockey coaches with no kids on the team, they're just people. Anyone who's coaching a 9 to 11-year-old team, they're not going to be an expert hockey coach. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So you're going to get a dad and you're going to, or you're going to get any person that they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be the perfect coach. And they're probably not going to be optimal in some way from what you've just explained, right? They're going to be... They might have a little bit of ego. Maybe they have a little preference for their own kid maybe they have a couple buddies on the team because they're dads and the kids are friends and that's a normal part of the game so when you guys are in that situation looking and judging whether or not this is a good coach just make sure your expectation of the coach is something that's reasonable
1: well you know, as you say that it's, it's also things like um Cause you know, at every level there's different, like, like you said earlier about the young kids, it's like, you, you need to teach more, but then if you teach too much, then we need to move more. So it's the same as the coaching as, as you move up a couple of levels. It's like coach might play everybody exactly next guy up. And then parents are going to get upset with that because, well, you got to try to win. And it's like, yeah, like, and I, and I get it. Like I get it, but then it's like at what cost and to who, and then, so no one will ever be happy. So I think the intentions are, you know, you want to play roughly at that at a young age, roughly equal ice, kind of, sorta, um, and and teach them a little bit of how hockey works. The real key thing, though, is like like a lot of people get miss, um, will will get confused with intensity, fake intensity from a coach, or too intense, like I'm thinking that that's good.
0: Or even, sorry, even, even if it's not intense, it's even just like charisma from a coach. True. True. That can be almost the same kind of thing, but they mistake that for good coaching or something. But where,
1: what I'm thinking about is like when the coach that goes on the ice and it's like banging the stick Mm -hmm. and not in a bad way, but just like, you know, it's always, come on guys, let's go. And he does a lot. Commanding the ice. Yeah. And it it appears like, wow, this guy knows what he's doing. It's like, no, he's just skating fast with the kids (laughs) or a a coach that's always barking on the, uh, you know, do this, do this, do this. It's like. Really what you, optimal, optimal would be like, let the, teach them concepts, like little concepts, especially young, concepts. This is a, this is a penalty kill, this is a PK, this is a four check, this is a, What we're trying to do is create a two-on-one, whatever, whatever it is, and then let them play. And, then, and if you can do that, that would be optimal.
0: Yeah, and one other thing I want to just draw attention to, just from the player perspective, because I remember when I was a kid, I never thought at the time of any of my coaches that I had as this is a horrible coach at the time when I, when I reflect now, it's like, yeah, they weren't very good coaches. But at the time I was just like a kid playing hockey, but I remember the parents always yapping about the terrible coaching. But if you would have, if I would have filled out a questionnaire when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 about my hockey season, I'd be like, this was great. I had such a fun time. I had a fun time. I got to hang out with my buddies. Yeah, our team wasn't very good because we used to get smacked all the time. But I was like, yeah, our team isn't good. But, like, this is fun. Like, hockey's fun. I'm having fun. But it was the parents. The parents are what were – they were driving the, this coach is an idiot and this coach is an idiot and these parents are idiots and that kid's an idiot. And I remember, like, observing the parent conversations, like, in the lobby after hockey, just, like, overhearing things. Just like, oh, like, is he is he – not a good coach every coach is an idiot though right well and that's that's the that's what I'm I'm saying that's my point it's like it's the parents are always like this guy's an idiot this guy's an idiot this guy's an idiot but and there's no winning as the coach but I just want I remember that I just want to point that out like as the kid it's like and yeah we're kids maybe we don't know what's best and whatever but the fact that I was still there having fun back to our point it's like that's what the important thing is like I'm there having fun it's not that we're the Detroit Red Wings when Mm -hmm. I'm 12 or 11 yeah. or whatever.
1: What, what you said is very important for coaches, for parents to, to see parents set the environment, right? Good, good or bad. And that's like very, very careful because, you know, even my son playing junior and stuff, we could very easily, very easily start twisting his mind when we talk to him about coach. Your coach ain't too bright, eh? Or you good? Cause you could pick that out with any coach. Right. And then, you know, just those little things. And it's like, but you know, here's the thing is when I, when I, when I talk to my son and, and kids in general, it's like, if you nudge them towards a negative, negative, they might take that on. But more importantly, it's like, how do you know they want to talk about that shit? Do you know what I mean? For the most part, the kids want to have a positive experience. Like and the, they'll, they'll when they bring it out to you, then you could maybe discuss something, but when you when you start bringing out a negative of the team or even a player, right? You could say like even if a kid does it, he doesn't look like a kid. And uh, if you start pointing out that that guy just doesn't have it, eh, bud? He's a he's a he's a donkey, isn't he? And all of a sudden, it's like maybe he agrees, but it's like it's my teammate though, eh? Like I don't want I don't want to go down that road. So as parents, it's like it's 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 important to just keep things in perspective for your own kid. And keep it like, not, I'm not saying positive, but good questions. And to me, good questions, like at, at this age, again, is like, did you have fun? It's number one. Did you have fun? Um, what did you, would you learn? Would you learn? And then at, at this phase, like the nine to 11, an, an important question, because you are investing time and money is um, expecting effort, expecting some effort, because that's, that's good in life, Right. It's it's you don't want your kid just to come go to the rink and have fun only because there is an effort side to it that makes it even funner. But it's a requirement, right? Because if you're going to invest any money and take it serious at all, the effort needs to be there. So that's a question. So fun, effort, and and did you learn anything? And 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 your buddies, your buddies. Who's who's a uh, who you hanging out with the most? And get to learn about your kids. Who you making friends with? And get them get to know who your kids are. You know, is he, is he always leaning towards the, the team idiot or is he leaning towards some kids that have a brain and leadership qualities? Because you figure out a lot of things about your kid, by who they hang out with or who they gravitate to in the dressing room, gravitate to in the dressing room. Did you help? And at this age is another thing is teaching them a little bit of humility, right? Practices. Did you help coach pick up pucks? Are you volunteering? Like, did you, you know, and teaching them the respect of the game. Very, very important at the nine, 10, 11, yeah, man. 12.
0: Is the room a mess? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 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 These like are that. the these are the things, man. Yeah. Yeah. So the only other thing I'll maybe add to that is at the at the higher end of this, so that eleven eleven year old age, not so much when you're nine, but at the eleven year old eleven year old age, maybe you're starting to recognize a little bit of skill or interest or talent with the sport now where it's a little bit more than just this is now an activity at the higher end, like I'm saying, not necess- not when you're nine, but when you're more at 11, it's like, okay, does this kid really like playing? Is this like, is this turning into like his sport kind of thing? Is this what he likes? So that's another question to ask yourself as the parent around that age. And then just a side note, uh, you're bringing up the positive thing. We've mentioned this kind of idea before. Positive is good. Fake positive is annoying. So as the parents if you, if you try to push the positive button too much, like, the kids aren't stupid. If it's not something that's actually positive going on and you try to flip it to be all positive all the time, it's just annoying, you know? Or it could be, like, a little bit patronizing to to a kid when we just got smacked 12-1, Mom, don't tell me that I played good, you know? You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't don't tell me that I had a great game or that I played well, Mom. We just got smacked and I was minus eight. So it's like they know when they played bad or when they played good. So the bullshit positive is not a good thing either. It's just the being real about what's going on. Yeah. You know? Did you work hard today? Yeah. Did, did you, you work... do everything you could? Yeah. And just having a genuine conversation. Do? And it can, it can just be for the most part, I'm not saying you can never have emotion with how you're talking about things, but for the most part, it's like, you're just let them have the emotion about the game. And you're just the question asker you have like no no real emotion attached to it you know so it's not too negative when things are bad it's not too positive when things are good and it's not pretend positive when when things are maybe not optimal and it's also not unnecessarily negative too right it's like the, the both of those things it's like because a lot of parents are like that too where they'll especially the dads i find the dads worse than the moms they like intentionally nitpick the negative things on kids. I'm sure there's a lot of moms that do it's that too. It's easy to do, right? Yeah, it's really easy to do. So it goes like both if ways. If you listen
1: to scouting, like if you listen to a scout talk, it's like, hey, tell me about this guy. And it's like, ah, you know, skating needs to work on this. It's the negative. Mm-hmm. It's what people default to. It's easy.
0: Well, I remember Dalton mentioning as a scout, it's yeah. he's like that. One of the things you do is try to find the positive. Yeah. Like, what is the thing that they're really strong at? Because it's easy to find the mistakes, man. It's like, even when I go watch our guys that we train, if I go, like, I went to the Leamington game last week and I'm looking at some of our guys and on some of their shifts, I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, why'd you do that? And then I reflect for a second. I'm like, hey, man, easy to coach from up here. You know what I mean? Easy to make the right choice watching. You know what I mean? So that's an important, that's an important thing. Um, 12, let's say 12 to 14. This is kind of where more of a, let's say more of a a serious transition starts to happen. If your goal, again, remember the caveat is you're trying to pursue hockey at a certain point. This is where 12 to 14 is kind of where the transitions start to happen. So um, a little bit of context on this one before you start to roll through the questions here. The two major things that happen between 12 and 14 and a little bit beyond 14 too would be uh, puberty is the one. And then the other one is uh, body checking. That changes... That really changes the landscape. So running through these ones, try to keep that in context as as uh, parents listening. Like those are the two big factors that really change how things run around this age. So kids start to hit puberty and that separation, the growth curves start to happen. And then body checking completely changes, completely changes the game. When you're allowed to hit now, everything is different when you're allowed to hit. So uh, I don't know if you want to run through these ones kind of in order, just take them one by one here or what?
1: Yeah, well, okay, so... 12 to 14 you're getting into what, what old school we used to call it bantam like major pee wee bantam and for me um I, that's that's when i think like if you if you i mean things could still change but this is where like especially if you've hit some hit puberty a little bit and whatever or not um it's it's there's a big difference in hockey now cuz some guys don't so you could get fooled by how good your kid is still right? If you hit puberty early and a kid hasn't, and you know, you, all of a sudden you're beating guys up and then two years later, you're not. Um, but anyways, this is, this is kind of the area. And if you can't, if like if a, for a kid that didn't hit puberty and is just small and maybe didn't make a team, that's like one of those things. It, it, it could happen. And you could come back the next year and be six foot two. Right. So, um, but anyways, at this, this is the time, like if I'm saying, this is where a little bit like some training, this is where the jump to maybe a higher level is becomes like a more of a I'm trying to think of the word more of a appropriate option or if you're going to do it like it's now you got to start considering this this is the time because now you got like in Canada anyways you got a uh, for for if you want to get drafted and those kind of things to develop as a 16 17 year old it's, it's time to start and if you don't you don't but it's time to start playing at a higher level if the highest level possible if you can. And if you can afford it, it'd be the, it's the time. That's number one. That would be the time. And if you don't, you still got time, but I'm just saying it's probably the time to take a look
0: at it. So then what, from the parent perspective, if we talk about um, expectations or what you're watching for from the parent side, so now you're 12, 13, 14 years old, how does that, how does the mentality shift on the parent side of things? It doesn't. Watching your kid go through now
1: it doesn't shift it doesn't shift it 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 absolutely doesn't shift because you're not playing all you're doing is you're you're giving them the vehicle to play you're but you're 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 looking at number one is you're looking at your kid's interest in the game that's number one um and his effort level and his desire to maybe do stuff on his own and um that's what you're that's what you should be should be that's what i would gauge as my um Helping him make decisions.
0: So right. where where does the actual ability of the kids start to come into this too? So if you're a third, it starts. Say,
1: it starts. Like I would even say, like, see, I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression all that like that that being a good ten year old does not matter, because it does to some extent. But it doesn't mean being the best ten year old is going to make you a great a great player. Because there's several guys in the NHL where you could tell, like, at ten years old, like they have the base skills that they do fairly well if they keep on that path, they're going to be great players. And there's a lot of NHL players that were the best players at eight and six and five and 12. Right. So I, I never want to minimize, uh, it, it it always matters. Right. Like, so when, when a kid's good at this age, it's like, yeah, it, it comes into play, it comes into play to make a decision. If your kid is like, but the thing is I always, I'll always take the wins or like, building confidence over struggling as a, as a, if you're on the, on the bubble, yeah. right? Like, so because it, roles aren't really defined when you're young. So being a good checker is really a lot of times it's over overlooked by a coach in youth hockey. They want guys that can dangle and go through people. So at, at this level, like I'd look at my kid at and, and say, okay, like he is one of the top guys in the area. And now it's. I think it's time to move up there if he isn't there
0: already. I think it's important. Right. So then, in terms of that ability portion of it, though, how does that? Let's say you have a kid that's really good when you're 13. So as the parent, it's it's easy to start to get like excited about that, you know. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't get excited about it because, like you said, if you have a dominant 13 year old, like maybe he will be a really good player and get drafted and move on and whatever. But there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think parents can be a little bit naive about what actually, what the landscape actually looks like in terms of competition. So it's kind of like recognize the ability without getting overexcited. You know, like like I said, with the last group, you're trying to keep it kind of even keeled as a parent. Like you're not jumping to, I have an NHLer here oh, when you they're can't, 13, you can't, right? You can't. No, even if they are a dominant
1: player. Yeah. Things could change in in a, yeah. in a, tell the story. I've seen guys, especially in this age group, the like, you will see a kid at in the, in the 13, 14-year-old range. That's where we're at, right? Yeah, 12 to 14. You'll see p- kids in that age where you will go, what happened to this kid? Wow, was he good. That's the puberty. That's the, you know, he's bigger, better. Um, you're going to think it's the training. It was all this stuff. And it's like, no, it's just simply, not no, not no but, but the... Um, The fact that he's hit puberty and grown that much really helps being a good player, fat, bigger, faster. So you you just don't want to get fooled by that, right? Um, And and you just, you all you want to see is you just want to see your kid compete and play hard. And, um, but there is no NHL guy there yet. Not a chance. There's no, you just, you know, if he's really good, you can sit there and go, well, I think he's got something here. And then if he likes to do the training and like, that's where you can start introducing to me, that's where it's like a little bit better to introduce some training, twelve, thirteen, fourteen.
0: So that was kind of the next question: is like yeah. that extra on ice, off ice stuff. This would be around the time where you start, uh, even the higher end of that though, not necessarily twelve, but yeah, when yeah, they're yeah. like fourteen, particularly with the off ice stuff, the on ice maybe a little earlier, but the off Sorry, ice stuff. I, like- I think
1: when you get to that thirteen year old year, I think it's like if you if you're good and you want to pursue it, I think it's important, not just not just necessary, but I think it's imp- not necessary but important that you kind of zero in a little bit on, okay, I, I I would like to pursue this. And if you don't, you don't. But I think it's it's important uh um to to understand like maybe you get to the gym a little bit, but what does the gym mean? It means it's not you're not cranking out weights. It's like it's it's getting your body mobile. It's getting your body like the body weight stuff or light light weights to do proper form that are going to enhance being an athlete. And then on the ice it's like it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't mean you're doing pylons and stuff. It's, it's, if you're doing some skill stuff, maybe if you can understand the game a little bit more, but focus on one or two things in your game that you can get better at. It's not critical, but it's like time to start maybe putting a little bit of extra work in.
0: Yeah. The other thing, I don't know if you would agree with what I'm going to say. We'll see, but I don't know if it would apply now or maybe with the next group when you're like, you know, fifth, 15 to 18. But what I, what I'm starting to notice and I'm More with the junior guys. So it might be a little bit more important, but I'm I'm curious if you think it's it would be better when you're younger to get this too, is the importance of like having the ice time in the game. So like how important it is to have the development opportunity to be a go-to guy. I am am starting to develop a philosophy. Again, it's more with the junior guys, so a little bit older, but maybe it applies it could apply when you're a little bit younger, is if you have a chance to be a go-to guy. How valuable that starts to be let's say from around 14 and up I think it's if you can put your kid in an environment even if the coaching isn't great even if the team isn't great I think the ability to play and get a lot of minutes playing for whatever team you're on that to me is is turning into like the most important thing when it comes to developing as a player i'm seeing it with i'm seeing it with our junior guys because a lot of them they they ask for my advice on where they should go play and my default is always yes like you want to play in a good organization and all that is important but if you can go to maybe a worse organization with worse coaching but you get to be the guy i think that trumps everything so I don't I don't know if this is maybe I'm um, I would be pushing it saying at 14 that's important maybe it's the next year or the year after. I, but, dude,
1: I think it's always important. Yeah. yeah. So I just had a consult about this and I explained one of my players. So in in this consult, the, the guy it was great. I thought it was going to be a wiener, a wiener question, because it was the, the way it was presented. Is my son? Just is basically it. My son played AAA the last couple of years. We're thinking about moving to double A. So it's like, okay, first thing that comes to my mind, and this is bad on me, is that, okay, you're getting cut. Yeah. You know, so you're trying to, you know, how do I deal with how would I deal with not being a great player? But anyways, I had this consult and it was like, what? what, the circumstances were this. Kid was uh, basically I'm going to, I'll say, let's say middle of the pack. He worked, he, yeah, he's middle of the pack guy, but his dad was like, I'm being very honest with you, he goes, There's five parent coaches on the bench and it's just like I don't really care. But my son goes, Dad, I don't want to play for these guys anymore. Because it's it's uh it's like it's the friends and it's like those guys get all like different treatment and stuff and I probably get that. It's probably true. Like as long as like the the kids seeing it. And he goes, I just wanna go play with my buds And I and he goes, like, is he gonna regress is he what do you think about that so this is the cole's notes version of it obviously and i said well dude (laughs) it's your attitude going in and your attitude as a dad how you treat this thing that's going to make all the difference in the world and he was a great great guy on the phone right so it's like okay so what what do you mean by that it's like okay if you go to Like, obviously he's going to, I said, obviously he's going to get a lot of points, right? He goes, yeah. Like he was in the tryout the other day and he goes, he was like flying out there and uh, he had a, whatever, an opportunity to score and he, like, he looked for the pass. And I said, okay, to me, that's a, if that happens all the time, it's like, it's almost like I don't want people to get mad at me for being too good, possibly, right? So he goes, yeah, I think actually that's what it was. I said, yeah, I, I can see that just, that's what kids do. So I said, but. This is the this is the this is the caveat if you do this. So you're not it's not going to ruin you. In fact, it's pro- probably going to be good for you, because there's never a bad thing for a kid to go on the ice and dominate. It really isn't. I don't care what level it is. I said do people give double A a bad rap, or A a bad rap, because it's not triple A. It doesn't mean there's not good players in that level. It doesn't mean that at all. But I said what well, your mindset has to be is like if we, whatever type of player that he is is go there and dominate like absolutely like dominate without any, no apologies, man. Like, and, and you'll, you'll notice that there's still some good players out there and you do have to work hard. The biggest thing that people do is when they drop a level is they think it's just going to be easy. Or it's, or it's a guy going into second, third year of junior guy that gets stuck in the NHL. And it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot that I have to be working at 100%. Like I got to give 100%. I got to work my ass off because hockey players are good blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I said, now I would, so I would encourage that have the puck as much. I said, try to score goals, try to finish hits like as much as you can try to dominate in every way. And then, you know, hopefully he's dominating in a, in a sense that he's putting pucks in the net and he's like, now he's feeling like I got to get my wingers or my centerman or a D a guy I'm playing with. I got to get him a couple of that. He's working just to do that. That's dominance. like to help another guy out. So, but no apologies, man. You got to tell him that like, you no apologies, go and do it. And then I said, as a dad, when you talk to him tonight, because he's like flipping a coin about it, I said, the, the, the way you present this to him is going to mean everything. So if you sit there and, and, and discourage the double A thing, he's going to react to that to, uh, appropriately, like, or inappropriately, or like I'm saying it wrong, going, okay, dad's not
0: in coordination with how you are. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I, I'm, I, Oh, dad's not thrilled that I'm going to go to double A. Right. And and so your kid's going to feed off that. But if you go and sit there, this is what I told him. I said, like, if you tell your kid, you get in the car and you say, you were really good tonight. Like you look like you had a blast. I'm not lying. You just come out and make the kid flip the script. Right. You look really good out there tonight. You know what, son? I actually think that this is going to be a great year for you because think about it. You You had a good night tonight. And you're liking your buddies. If you go out there and like, but you got to push. If you don't push, this isn't going to be a great thing for you. But I think this is going to be a great thing for you. And uh, I guarantee you, the kid's going to perk up and say, "Okay, dad approves. This is good. Let's go." And if you just keep that tone to it, what's wrong with that? Having the puck all game and being in key situations. So I used as in real in real world, I've used uh, that. with a player that I trained, and I think I touched on it last week, but he was a pretty high draft pick in the OHL. Um, he's in the NHL draft right now. He's going to get drafted pretty high. But he got drafted... Uh, yeah, I don't want to say the rounds. I don't want to give his name up. He got drafted actually pretty very high. Didn't make the OHL team his first year, but they put him in a, a junior league. So he moved away from home, put him in a junior league, which is... Not a high quality junior league. So if you look at the numbers and go, okay, yeah, but it's not, it's the shittiest league, but this kid, this kid went there and worked and he, in his head or his attitude, or maybe his parents did a good job of telling him, or the coaches staff said like, this is your development. And we want you to play like, this is the Stanley cup. So he played in this league and he had a great, great, great year. So the following year, so the 2022 season, he was played in the OHL and had a, a great year, like a great year. So there's a question. If he played, was it better for him to play in the OHL and be like, a, you know, a depth guy? Because he wasn't playing. They had a really good team. Or was it better for him to go dominate in a league that he shouldn't be in? Well, there's, there's, there's that answer. So I'm not saying that's the same for everybody, but what I truly believe is it doesn't matter because it's your attitude going in there and your supporting cast attitude. Right, so we have like some kids around here that that are on the NHL list that they're not playing the OHL, they're playing junior because they're going to go to college. And it's like when you're playing, they're not playing at the highest level, but they're still getting they're still getting looked at. And it's the attitude going into whatever level that you're playing that determines how you're going to play. And if you sit there and say, "Well, it's just junior B, or it's just double A," and you and you don't put the work, and you don't have the attitude, and you don't have the family uh, appreciating the effort, and 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 you know nudging in the right way then it doesn't matter anyways but it's very very important that your attitude is good and, and and then to your point the question was is it good i i would say if you can have the puck on your stick all day and score goals and know what it's like to have success go for it because the work ethic to do that at a lower level like it's still hard and it's a it's a mental adjustment because you're the you're the the measuring stick so if you play up here everybody has to keep up with you if you move down there then you blend it in mm-hmm. so it's like that's a tough job sometimes yeah so i i say all day that's what you do yeah so yeah.
0: I th- my and that's why i wanted to bring that up because i'm long answer no No. yeah but it's it's a good story because i think i really put the most value like when i'm giving advice to young players now and it's something i wish i would have considered more when i was playing is putting myself in an environment where I will be the go-to guy as much as possible. Because guess what? My best years of hockey were when I was the go-to guy on the team. Of course, because I get all the minutes. So I'm going to have success. If if your coach is forcing you into all the important situations, eventually, unless you're just really no good, eventually you're going to continue to develop to be a guy that can do well in those situations. You know, if you're a kid that that has the qualities, if you, already, if you work hard, you have a baseline skill set, and then your coach is constantly plugging you into those important situations, even if they're not a good coach, even if they don't teach you anything, even if your team's no good, if you're the guy that gets to be in those situations all the time, then you're going to be a guy that breaks through and eventually becomes that go-to guy. And I had, there's a guy that's playing junior for us right now, and I remember at the end of last year, he was asking me, should I go to play for this junior team or should I play for this junior team? And I said to him, I was like, well, I like this junior team better. Like, I think that's a better team to play for. But for your specific situation, if you go and play for that team, you're probably not going to play a lot. So if you got this other junior team that's saying, hey, come play for us and you'll be a top one, two guy, then I think that's better for you. Even though I like this other team better because you get to play more, you get to be that guy and you have a full year of playing big minutes and feeling the responsibility of having to carry the team to a certain degree. And I think that is probably the most important thing so if you can whether it's triple a double a or a different triple a team or whatever put yourself in a situation where you get to be a go-to guy and you know it's funny because we see some of these triple a kids that think they have to move to a better team around their draft year they'll move and then they're not a go-to guy anymore because maybe there's seven other kids that are going to get drafted on that team and now you don't get to play the big minutes so if you would have stayed home and played on your shitty team with your shitty coach you probably would have got more attention anyways yeah you know you probably would have went higher anyways because you got to play yeah so well it's funny like so i got two things on that one is um
1: i forget what the first one is um no the attitude is is like there's a lot of kids that it's 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 going with the right attitude right a lot of kids are in a hurry to get because it's ego driven man it's ego driven mom and dad kid don't want to say that you know I have to play for the A team as, uh, instead of the A, Or I don't want to play, I got drafted, and I don't want to play for the U18s because it's not cool. Right. But you know what? It might be the best thing cause you have the puck on your stick all day. And then the last thing about being, when, when you, you know, if you're, especially if you're a goal scorer, or a guy that has a lot of puck touches, power play guy and stuff, if you go from having, let's say, um, I don't even know what good it is anymore, but let's just say, 80 to 100 points in a in a midget year. That's pretty good, I think. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Or 70 to 80 points or something like that. In the midget year, you get drafted really high. Let's say a second, third round pick. And you're used to having the puck on your stick. And then you go to a play, uh, play for a junior team. You're getting three shifts a period. And you're asked to be a checker. Is that good for you? Or would it be better to play U18 and actually have the puck and continue to work your craft? Because there's a lot of things like I don't, I don't believe that you can take confidence away from someone, but if you're not on the ice and you're not producing, then you question yourself and then you play not to make mistakes. And that's the worst way to play. So if you get an opportunity to play and, and do what you do and learn the game, then you're, it's a win-win.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, last group we got here would be like the 15 to 18 year olds after let's say 18 and over now we're into high level junior potential NCAA pro. So that's, we'll leave that. So let's say 15 to 18, um, maybe let walk us through those years, kind of what you think about the development curve for those, yeah, those ages.
1: Yeah, so just, okay, so this is where you're going to start seeing guys that are, number one, actually interested in hockey, because hockey, it's not just hockey anymore. There's a lot that go with it. It's like, it's going to be some training. It's going to be some preparation, some sleep, some nutrition. Um, they're going to, their practice habits are going to be very important. Do they do extra things on their own? Do they Are they in love with hockey? Are they distracted? Like there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, and then you're going to just, the, the, the kids start separating themselves quite a bit. Now, now when I say that, quite a bit means y- you're going to have some kids that are still early bloomers, that they're going to fizzle out or they won't get much better, but they're good. You're going to have kids that are still working their way up to being a, a, top, a top player. You're going to have guys in between. But nonetheless, Take your pick, whichever guy it is. It doesn't matter. It means not, it's not over because you're really good at 16 or 17, like, like a top dog doesn't mean that you're going to be that at 21, but it doesn't not mean that you're not going to be that. That's a bad sentence, right? It doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. that. You, yeah. It
0: doesn't. Is that a sentence? It is, but it's, it's, everyone knows what you mean. Okay. So just to be clear, Triple negative. because you're the best.
1: Yeah. Because you're the best at 17 doesn't mean you're going to be the best at 21. but It also doesn't mean that you won't be if you continue on, on a trajectory. So that's that. If you're not a really good player at 14 or yeah, 14 to 17, it doesn't mean that you're just a shit player for the rest of your life either, because there's a lot of growth there and things can change. It doesn't mean that you can't be the best, right? So at that, at, at those age groups, there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of, there's, and, and there's a lot of fizzling out. Okay. So What 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 separates guys a lot of the times there is that what what they do off the ice and it's like now, especially at 14 to 16, oh yeah, that's the other thing is like, look at it long term. This is very important that you don't look at being a 17 year old or a 16 or an 18 year old. Say this is what I am. Just go long term. So if you're playing at the highest level on your first line, whatever that does, you know, look at look at it long-term where are you going to be long-term if you continue to do what you're doing if you're fourth line if you're getting scratched if you're if you're barely hanging on don't end the world right now it's like you've got a trajectory of like if you want to make it to an elite level of hockey like let's just say college nhl ohl you, there's years there to get better so that's the other thing is don't look at everything um so short term okay what, what, it's, that's the ego thing again like today Today it hurts, but if you do work, you get better, and that's very, very important to look at it long term.
0: Yeah, so, so we we see with a lot of kids that with the draft, that's like the everyone kind of falls off a cliff after that. And like I said, I'm not I don't want to oversell the fact that if you don't get drafted, it means nothing. Like it means something. It's an indicator for you, right? I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything, but don't you don't have to you know think your hockey career is over just because you like we got a kid in here that I think is a really good player, and he's just small. He needs to grow. And if he grows, he'll be a really good player. And if had he grown last year or the year before and was a little bit bigger, then he probably would have got drafted and probably would have had more opportunities than he has right now. But he didn't. So that doesn't mean he's no good and shouldn't keep playing and trying to play at the highest level and all that, those kind of things, right? So it's not over just because you're 16 and the OHL draft in Ontario is when you're 16, you know? Because if you look at the States, like the States model, it's like those guys have till they're 18, 20, right? So it can't be over when you're 16. Well, it's not
1: over when you're 16. Just look at Brandon Montour. There's a good example.
0: Oh, he's my favorite example. Actually, I want to tell people about him. Just real quick. I played against him. So he, he's a guy. I played major against him. So if you don't know, Brandon Montour plays on Florida. He's playing more minutes than Necky, I think, right now. <laughs> well, he right? is
1: or he's really close. So listen. But he's playing great. Listen
0: to this, path, Just as a, a side note. So I played. He played triple A's He's my age. He played for Chatham with us and he was he's also a really good lacrosse player so he, I think he almost stopped playing hockey to play lacrosse. But anyways he had a couple years at when we were really young where he was unreal. Then he was kind of just like whatever. And then didn't get drafted. Played U eighteens for Brantford I think. And I remember I played against him U eighteens.
1: it's not even junior.
0: Not even junior. Didn't make a junior team. No, no yeah. So he played played midget against me and he was good. But not like awesome. He was good. And he played a year, maybe I think two years of junior B with Caledonia. And from there, he went to uh, Waterloo Blackhawks, USHL. I don't think he got drafted by them. I think he just tried out. But he might have got drafted. I could be wrong by that. But you can fact check me if you want. But any, regardless, played for Waterloo Blackhawks one year. USHL had an outstanding year. Got defenseman of the year. Drafted second round to Anaheim, NHL. Got a division one to UMass Lowell. Played for half a season and then went to the AHL. It's like, so he didn't, he didn't blossom until he was 19. You know what I mean? So there's just a little quick little side story for the. Everybody
1: that was in a hurry to get there and do all the trading and all this stuff. This guy played lacrosse. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Right. Exactly. This is the thing, right? Yeah. So it's it's, uh, a good athlete.
0: That's right. And then maybe the last point just for the parents, I guess, is no matter what's going on, like your kids have to be the ones that are driving the decisions at that point when they're 15, 16, 17, 18, like it's got to be on them now. Because if you're overly pushy as a parent, you you always give this example. What happens when your kid moves away now? You know, if if the the kid actually ends up being pretty good and you were solely responsible for it as dad or mom, they get to move away and now you're not there anymore. So whatever they are is going to come out at some point anyways. So you can't be overly pushy as the parents. They have to be the ones driving most of the decisions. Otherwise, um, it's going to show at a certain point, you know. Um, so that's, that's kind of wraps up the age group things. Do you have anything else you want to close up on with that stuff? Or do you think it's uh, pretty on good the, on this particular age or, or, and, or just to wrap up either way. Well, I,
1: there's one thing I, I wrote down. I didn't get to is like, uh, as, as parents is, uh, you know, one of the best phrases I love is when the parent tells me, don't be afraid to kick him in the ass today. Eh? Yeah. Don't be afraid to give it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And It's like common. Yeah. Yeah. I, I laugh every single time. It's like, is it because you don't yeah. or is it because that's how we like what do you want me to kick him in the ass for yeah
0: yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah and
1: trust me if he's not working hard i'll let him know but at the end of the day like if you tell me i have to kick him in the ass and i have to kick him in the ass to get him going it's like maybe don't spend your money because it's a waste of time yeah you know yeah for but, sure but you got listen it's 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 hard Uh, I think we're doing this as parents though. Like this is what the topic is about. It's just guys just, there's a lot of things that come up and it's always remember that your kids are kids. You encourage them to work hard. The bigger picture on this thing is, is like we talked about the last time is like at the end of the day, where is everybody going? What's the end result of most people? Most, most of the kids that play are going nowhere. I don't mean that to be an asshole negative, but that's the reality of it. Most kids are going nowhere. The special, not special the small percentage that get somewhere aren't going anywhere after that. So most people are done playing hockey at eight competitive, yep. 18 to 22, three, if they're in college and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. after that, it gets very, very slim. So when we're doing everything, when we do with hockey, it's like, it's very important to me that the, the, the game teaches you lessons in life. It builds relationships with your kid that you can, you know, something to talk about, keep them interested and, and raise your kid, helps you raise your kid the right way. But it's important to not get caught up in all the f- minor details about hockey, hockey, hockey itself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's obviously time and a place, I think we went through this, the younger you are, the less important it is that they're learning the hockey part. It's all about fun. And then slowly as you move up, it still has to be fun because at the end of the day, if it's not fun, you will never perform anyways. And, uh, but uh, there's a a certain time and place where it's important to that the kid decides that if he wants to do more, that you get him in positions that he can. Um, But it doesn't, it's not critical to be going to a private, um, private lessons and skill camps all the time. It's like the reality of it is it becomes a very tough sport. And a lot of the times you do all that investment and go to the, you know, you go to the spring tournament in, in Slovakia or, Italy or whatever and you know, oh, this is all great and it's like but it's just little kid hockey right now mm-hmm. so my point is the investment and all the craziness that goes into it sometimes you're just going to be playing against a player that just hammers people and they take your spot right because there's not it's not just about going through pylons and being cute there's a, there's an element to hockey where it's very rough and can be very violent and a lot of I know a lot of people don't like that and if you don't like it's you should pl- probably play another sport because mm-hmm. that's just the reality of it and, um, that's my point. I guess my point to that is like all the stuff changes once it gets to become real hockey.
0: No, and that's why the kid, like, for does me, that make sense Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's why the kid has to be the one that drives. At right. The that's what the I'm day, saying. Right. Cause yeah. if he doesn't like, he's going to get the wake up call at, at a certain point anyways. So those are the indicators to, to kind of look for. So hopefully that's uh that's kind of helpful. So that's, that's episode three. So the next episode is episode four because four comes after three eh? and i think it's i think we're talking about coaching i think the next episode we're talking about coaching so that'll be a that'll be a hot topic so we'll see you guys next week thanks for listening once again